Okay, what are we going to ask these awesome people? I thought we should do an introduction. Oh, yeah. We haven't really done that for a while, so I thought we should just... Uh, oh, like who are they? Well, that Have too. them say who it is. I thought we should start with like an intro to the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Okay, go. What are we doing today? This is hard. Having a podcast. Yes. With who? With our collections team. Collections. What does collections mean? I am here to learn about that. Oh, okay. And that, my friends, is the perfect intro to this episode <laughs> of the Money Donuts podcast from Royal Credit Union. So we're here today with three friendly fellows from our collections team. You guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Three friendly fellows. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to meet you. I like it. <laughs> uh, great to be here. My name is Mitch. I'm a collection rep one uh, here at RCU. I just started uh, November of 2021. So I'm fairly new. Um, I came all my way on my way from Quick Trip, actually. So joining the finance industry was a little bit new here, but yeah, slowly learning and enjoying my time here. Awesome. I'm Kevin. I'm the collection manager and I've been at Royal. It'll be just I'm fast approaching 39 years. So my whole career, just about all of it, but about six to eight months has been in collections. Wow. Wow. And I'm Anthony. I'm the collection, one of the collection supervisors, and I've been here since July of 22. It's about a year, a little over a year. I have so many questions about collections, <laughs> as I'm sure our listeners do too, but if someone could just summarize for me, what does what happens in collections? So we're responsible for collecting on the past due accounts um, for our portfolio loans, consumer loans, credit cards, real estate loans, home equity line of credits. In addition to that, we also have a real estate portfolio that is sold on the secondary market that we service for, and we're responsible for collecting those loans as well. So when you say collecting, like that means that borrowers are not making their payments on time usually, right? Or is that always the case? For the most part, yes, that's correct. In, typically at lower days delinquent, we want to do, our outreach is mainly reminders. So whether that's primarily through the phone calls. Um, and most of our phone calls are messages that we leave because most of the, our members are not available to take calls. And so we're leaving a lot of voicemail messages. So we try and get them early and often to try and mitigate any potential issues that might rise. Yeah, and a lot of it does fall into... Um, our world, even if they're not necessarily currently delinquent, um, it ranges from people calling in, letting us know that, you know, they lost employment and, and now they're going to be probably within the next couple of weeks or um, anytime that a payment's probably delayed. Um, we have members that are like, keep us updated or, you know, let us know that uh, what's going on and anything that might help us to give them advice or any recommendations. So I've never really thought about this before, but collections is such a vital part of the credit union. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in the business of loaning out funds and getting it back is important for the health of the credit union, really. And it really is beneficial to all of the members, right? So Yeah, and that's the thing that's important is we're collecting, when we're having a conversation with that specific member, we're also looking out for the best interest of the whole membership. Because any losses that we incur, different than a bank, they have shareholders, that impacts them. The losses that the credit union suffers affects the membership as a whole because that's an expense to the credit union. So we have to balance that on when we're talking with our members. What are we, the decisions that we have to make is we have to make it in the best interest of that member plus the membership as a whole. Sure. So you guys really answer to the membership as a whole and the borrowers and the leadership team. So 
you have a lot of stakeholders in your area is what it sounds like. So when you talk about, you know, thinking about the member, like the individual and our whole entire membership, what does it mean to, are you calling people and saying, okay, you owe us $50,000, you got to pay that right now. Is that what you do in collections or do you truly try to help the member and like hear their situation? Like what, what's that look like? It kind of comes from different standpoints and every, every single member is different and it's all a case by case basis. Ideally, yes, we'd like to get the full pass due amount as soon as possible. Um, but we realize sometimes that's not always realistic. So it can be sometimes giving members a timeline, creating with them just arrangements where they can then picture getting current over time. At that same time, we still have our same goal in mind of trying to negate as much credit impact to them as possible or, you know, any losses that Royal would have. So, you know, if they're able to pay, you know, and strap down and, and pay double payments, that's perfect, ideally. Otherwise, we're just, again, trying to, you know, get them to slowly get back if they're not necessarily able to afford that. We understand, and, and usually part of that process is finding out, you know, what caused them to fall past due and if there's any other debts that that might be past due that they're also working on getting back on track. So also to add to that too, is, you know, is it short term? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, a two week issue? Is it a two month issue? Is it a two year issue? Yeah. And that's why so asking some of those probing questions to find out, get more information so we can make fact-based decisions versus assumptions. And the other thing we have to keep in mind also is sometimes it's the type of loan. You know, if it's a $500 quick cash loan versus a $500,000 first real estate mortgage loan, that might be a little bit different. Yeah and or vehicle loans. So there's, you know, there's a lot of mitigating factors that Mitch said too, that you have to take into account. The further the account comes, becomes past due, your assistance or options available get reduced. Sometimes from a regulatory standpoint, sometimes from a policy standpoint, and just, so we, the sooner we're involved or the sooner they're, they're in touch with us, the more options we have available to help them. So the more they put, or the longer it's put off or the longer there's no contact, or limited contact, or broken promises, things like that. That Now it shrinks your pool or your tools, as Anthony likes to tell it. It shrinks our tools in our toolbox that we can use to help you out. That's good to know, because I think people get really, like it doesn't feel good to have one of the, you know, collectors or collection specialists call you, right? And it's scary and people, you know, avoid it. But when we call you, Call us back, send the email, you know, get in contact with us because we then we can help you. So proactive versus reactive yeah. is the biggest thing. Yeah. And as Mitch alluded to earlier, there may not be a current default, but there could be what we call an imminent event of default that's yeah. coming. If they sense that or feel that that could be it, that's the time to start calling because okay. if they reach out, oftentimes we can do more. Versus if that account gets to be close to 30 days and now it's going to roll past that time frame, now it's going to impact credit. When it gets closer to a 60-day window, that just that just shrinks the options that are available. And it impacts credit more, but it also limits what we may be able to do on our end to try and help out. And I think to elaborate too on just what you said, I was resonating with, you know, the more options that we have, the earlier the stage of the delinquency even if the member's not quite past due yet. Um, just for example, the communication that we have, if you know we're just maybe one pay- payment past due or owing, you know, that cliche kind of comes comes to fruition when it's you can never have too much communication. You know, if we are aware of the the situation, if you let us know you're giving us the callbacks, you know, then we can help give our best advice. Where on the other side of that, if you're calling us and your vehicle's already been repossessed, you know, there's a lot less that we can do at that point because, 
you know, by then we've already been trying to reach out for two or three months and we haven't had any luck. And, and now once the vehicle's gone, there's certain regulations and things that we have to abide by before we can allow the redemption of that vehicle. So uh, again, the, the later that we actually get contact from members, the harder it becomes to, to help them and, and help them in their situation. One way that I like to explain it with the group is in coachings and mm-hmm. as we talk through different scenarios is that I call it the collections triangle. Okay. So if you can think of just an isosceles triangle with our membership or the member on one side, our they were really impressed by your Kevin's pondering isosceles. Even triangle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All, all sides being even. Three even. 90 degree angles, right? No, they're not 90 degrees. No, no. They're 30, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 60, 60, 60. But if you have the 60, member on 60. one side and then our RCU membership on the other side, and then in the base is all of our policies and regulations and things that we have to follow throughout the collections process. Every call should start and end with a perfect triangle. But depending on the situation, you may pull it in the member's favor if you're working with them, or you know if we're in those further collection efforts, we have to pull that in into Royals Royals direction to minimize that loss for you know, our, our membership in a whole. So that's a good way to kind of visualize collections. You hope everything starts and ends perfectly, but depending on the situation and everything's different, depends on how you kind of move that triangle. Steve, this is your uh, favorite part of the podcast, but do you think you could edit in some triangle examples? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thanks. So So, like picture you saying, you know, an isosceles triangle and having one can we not talk about the fact that I don't know what degree triangles are? I think I saw Sleece as two equal sides. We're looking for equilateral. There's a really, there's a cute pickup line that you can use. And it says, if you were a triangle, you'd be a cute one. That's why I uh, think about triangles. Uh, <laughs> they never use that on me. <laughs> I, I would, like, I would quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I mean, it explains why I'm still single, but that's for our valentine's day episode again anywho something that i think surprises people is that okay if you're gonna miss your payment like if i'm looking at my account i i'm not gonna be able to make my car payment this month right so once it gets past that 30 days depending on the financial that's where it's really gonna start to hurt my credit right so i can call and be like hey i know i'm not gonna be able to make this payment and as a lender we want to know that you know and we can start working on a plan like right from that point what does what does a member say when they call in do they just stumble through it and say hey I can't make the payment I don't know I think that's a hard one for people to execute that's often something that we hear right is people wait because yeah. there's there's some maybe the feeling of embarrassment or mm-hmm. you know they 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 don't want to talk about the the situation that they're going through so yeah, I mean, it's just we try and do different types of probing questions, open-ended questions to get them to kind of open up and tell us so we can kind of really drill down to, all right, what truly is the issue and how do we truly fix it? In some cases, too, they may not even know what the issue is. They may think it's they may think it's this, but maybe based on the probing questions, we find out that may be part of the issue, but there may be a bigger issue. You know, as an example, we may find out somebody says, well, I can't afford my payment. How come you can't afford your, has your income changed? No, my income hasn't changed. I'm on the same job. And you start talking about expenses and now maybe there's a realization that they don't 
they don't understand how much they're maybe spending in. I think we had the discussion last week, Anthony, about nice twos, wants to, and haves to. I have to have this expense. I have to pay for you my car. Want. I I would like to do this, but sometimes the like to do, gets takes priority over what the needs are, and all of a sudden they're spending and don't understand how much is going out and where it's going to versus what is my priorities. I need my vehicle to go back and forth to work, to take my kids to school, to take them to the activities. It's nice to take them out to eat. But if I take them out to eat too much, I may not be able to afford my car payment. And if I don't have my car, same. sometimes expenses get prioritized over rent or and or a house payment. Um, and you know, just, just to allude to the fact that we're considered a first-party collection team because we work at Royal, we are Royal. Whereas third-party collection agencies, that's a whole different approach. They get paid based on what they collect. You know, we do use third-party agencies on loans that we've deemed to be a loss, and they pay us a commission on what they collect. But that's way down the road. Mm-hmm. But a first-party collector, is we, we're, we're employed by Royal. So you're like talking to someone sitting right at their desk at the corporate center. or I think that's comforting, too, like knowing you're not going to have – you know, collection sometimes isn't a good experience when you get into those third parties, right? But knowing you're calling Royal and talking yeah. to fellow person, like, I don't know. I think that's comforting and sets us apart. We still have state laws, federal laws and things that we have to follow. Third parties are governed even further. But, you know, they're a, basically, if we use them, we've hired them. Yes. So they're still part of us. Yeah. So they want to know how or what we want done. So we we work closely with the agencies that we work with also, That's too. So really they cool. under understand who or what are we about, what do we want to do, how do we they want us to collect our accounts. So they're and they're the one primarily the ones that we use is they're smaller in nature. Uh, one of them is one that basically they collect for credit unions. That's okay. their role. And I think too about Royal having our own inner collection department is you know there's mutual things that interest for both us and the member. Obviously we want to help that member get out of their debt, get out of their um, you know delinquency. They of course want to do that, you know, to save from stress, to, to find, you know, financial relief. Um, but we of course want to retain that membership and that, that friendly nature with that member, of course, you know, rather than a third party collection agency, which is their whole business is getting, getting the bill essentially getting collections that's in their nature that's what they are or even bigger banks where they might have a lot more assets than us they don't care really necessarily as much about memberships as a credit union like we do where membership is very important to us and we have that and we use that as as part of our goal as well well and when we talk about thinking of the whole membership you know if well yes being a not-for-profit we do make money but that profit goes back to our members, you know. So the more loans we lose, that's less community donations we're able to help fund. It's less, you know, financial education classes we can teach. It has that huge impact overall. I think that's interesting to think about. The part that stood out to me from what you guys were talking about is how lengthy and in-depth those conversations really are. I was pondering, those are not easy questions to ask anyone and to get to the bottom of a situation. Like, you have to be a really caring person to yeah. to to really empathize with someone on that level and, and meet them where they're at and see, you know, what, what you can do to help them with your box of collection tools and stuff. That's just amazing. That's so different from the stereotypical view of, Oh, collections is calling me. They want me to pay this month. Like you're having budget conversations. You're doing financial education. Like 
boots on the ground, even if it's just over the phone, like helping people one-on-one day after day. That is amazing. Yeah. I've seen a lot over my years and whether it's been, you know, it could be you know, divorce or family issues is a, is a big one. You know, it has been, will be, continue to be that sometimes the financial or finances of the family is a byproduct of that. I've seen addiction. I've seen criminal issues come up into play. Sometimes it's a loss of a spouse. Borrower passes away unexpectedly. Sometimes it's, you know they get sick and it, they know it's coming, but other times it's sudden change of job, loss of job, change of income. You know, there's a lot of things out in the news right now about inflation. What impact is that going to have? Everything is more expensive today than it was. You know, inflation is at a 40-year high, and some of the internal conversations we've had is, I don't even think these two are 40, so they haven't seen some of the things that you know yeah. we've seen over Thank the you. years. <laughs> I said I don't think, but correct. You know, even our, our lending teams, from an underwriting standpoint, in rising interest rate environments, we haven't seen that in the industry in quite some time. It's new to a lot of our team members. Just as it is to our, some of our members, they haven't experienced this yeah. from a standpoint of going to the grocery store and now what used to cost me $100 is now costing me $200 and I'm not getting any more. Mm-hmm. I got to go to the gas station more. I got to fill up my gas tank more. It costs more. Everything is costing more. So it's in some cases, you know, there's some hard decisions that have to be made from a standpoint is how or what do I cut back? Some of our members realize that and take those proactive steps. Sometimes they don't or don't realize it. And then all of a sudden they're overwhelmed, they're burdened, and I don't know what to do. I have seen cases where if we've gone to a foreclosure on a real estate mortgage loan, we have had zero contact with the member, either through phone calls, letters, notices, even mailings from legal counsel. They haven't responded until just before they are ready to lose their house. You don't want to say burying your head in the sand, but you can't because it's not going to go away. Yeah, that just makes me so emotional and <laughs> trying not to like cry. Um, just because I think that is a really, it's just a shining example of like what we want to do, right? Like we we want to help you and it's not, it's not something to be ashamed of if you all of a sudden in the current climate, you know, can't afford the groceries like you could. It's a issue many people are facing. And so just, I don't know, just reach out. Like I think that's the main, I want people to take that away, you know, from this is I want them to come to us for help. Right. And I think that's, that's the main, if, if I could give any advice or recommendations to, to anyone listening that might be struggling or so like that, that's what I would as well, um, Cooper, as I would, I would advise, you know, just reaching out to us. Um, a lot of times the first part of conversations that we have is deflating almost, you know, um, cause it, it's not uncommon. It's completely understandable that the member's stressed out, defensive, you know, we're just looking for bills. We're apathetic. We don't care when in reality, we're just trying to kind of be objective, but at the same time, have empathy for members that are struggling in times like these, because it's not uncommon. And that might be one of the feelings that they're having is mm-hmm. they're alone. They're embarrassed that this could happen because what did they do? You know, what happened to cause this? And they don't even know it, it's not uncommon, you know, especially in times like these, it happens quite often. There's so many things that that can cause as Kevin has related to um, that causes a member to fall past due and delinquent and one step is just making that communication and finding, you know, resolvance with somebody to see what can be done right away. Know what your options are. You had asked what kind of separates us. I would say our values do too, right? Our core values as, you know, we have a team of, of royal team members that's every day working with our membership to try and bring them back within, within those values. So, um, 
yeah, we're definitely not banging on doors or anything like that. We're we're trying to help. Yeah, people helping people. What this whole movement is. And the, just some things that I would also recommend is as as we enter into these uncertain times, or you know, there's a lot of companies out there that can help. Also, third yeah. parties. You know, we have partnered over the years with um, different debt management companies. Consumer, uh, it used to be called Consumer Credit Counseling, but Family Means is a big one that we, credit unions used to partner with them, had had an alliance with them for years. That's somebody that we partner with a lot. But the other thing is, is be careful and be cautious when you're on the internet in some of these companies, because we've seen some examples where what they promise isn't what they actually deliver and but they've entered into some type of an agreement or a contract and they can't get out so just be careful and there's waiting you know, do your research and there's nothing wrong with reaching out to use because sometimes those they can be like a third-party intermediary between you and your creditors which is not a bad thing yeah. but just make sure that you do your research so you're not entering into a contract that you're not getting what you thought you were getting because we have seen it. I was going to ask a question kind of about the fraud aspect too, but when members are looking for, you know, kind of that third party help, right? So you've exhausted, you know, or not even exhausted, but consolidation, those types of things might not be an option. Are there kind of some key things that they should like look for on that website that like will help them understand that they're a reliable party or should they call us and we'll say, Yep. Nope. That one I'd stay. We probably wouldn't get too much into the good, the bad. Family means comes to mind. And I believe that they have something right on their website yeah. that they're part of the Better Business Bureau. Yeah. Yep. So if they've got a credit and some of them have to be licensed, most they all have to be licensed yeah. and bonded yeah. and make sure they have that. But check for reviews. See what people are saying. Yeah. Um, because if you sign up and you don't get what you thought you were going to get, it sometimes is hard to get out. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because... There is a difference too if you if someone does decide to work with a debt management company. One of the biggest misconceptions is when they reach out to this debt management company, that company will tell them, All right, this debt with is with us now. Stop making payments, don't contact them whatsoever. So we'll, you know, eventually get contact with them because we're continuing to contact that member and we have no idea that they did this. And then when they explain to us, we tell them, well, all right, now that this debt management company is going to you know, reach out to us, um, I figured let's explain what's about to happen. And most of that is, is that debt management company, they don't really care. They're basically going to take payments from that member for month, monthly payments until they get enough. And then they're just going to call all the creditors and offer a settlement. And that might you know, affect their membership with us because if Royal's just getting a settlement and nothing else is happening, you know, that could affect future services with us or anything like that. And we, along the way, we've never had contact with the member. Sometimes we do get that conversation. We're like, hey, just so you know, this is what that debt management company usually will end up doing with us. And so when when Kevin mentions like family means where they will actually offer, you know, other things like credit counseling, not just debt management, um, a lot of a lot of times that can help and, and, and save that membership with us as well. Yeah, that's a... Um I know we don't have time to get into it on this episode, but that's a really important thing for people to know is like consolidation, debt management, um, debt settlement. They're all very different things. And you really need to understand the differences and the pros and the cons of going those routes. And so I'm happy you said that. Um, a little thing like family means, but they are licensed in the entire state of Wisconsin and Minnesota. So for all of our members, 
you know, they are someone who can help you in both states. So just they don't have offices everywhere, but they're licensed in both and can help you over the phone a lot. But to answer your question, we aren't like Kevin said, we aren't going to basically go through the good and bad, yeah. but we can offer suggestions. We have a list of, of amazing debt management companies that we work with frequently um, and we'll provide those as to anyone that wants them. In a lot of cases, they have us or request that the creditor make some type of concession, whether that's on payment, whether that's on interest. And then there's also like a fee. In essence, the credit union will, we will give the member full credit for the payment, but what let's say it's 10% of the payment. That would be like an expense to Royal, but we'll still give the member credit. But that's our way of saying, you've done the right thing. Yeah, You worked with this company. We're going to help. We basically help fund their programs by that fair share contribution, it's called. So we've we've actively done that for a number of years with multiple debt management companies. But, you know, as to Mitch's point, if, you know, if they've indicated what they're going to do, but if your payments don't get made, yeah. you're not paying according to the terms of your loan contract yeah. and it's reported that way. So even though you may have reached out, you may have signed a contract, if your payments aren't getting made, your credit is going to get impacted. Speaking personal experience, I'm pretty open about it. I've probably mentioned it before, but I did a debt management plan um, for some credit card debt. I made bad decisions in college. That was one of the biggest things. So like I worked with a company because I was scared to, you know, call my financial um, and they were great to work with. But one thing was, you know, you have to really make sure that you are watching those payments because they are third party paying your creditors. So they could not make that payment. I tell people like it's not a set it and forget it, but be really conscious about, you know, tracking that, making sure you log in and the payments are applied and things like that. There's a million questions going around out yeah. there. Is the economy going to be worse? Is inflation going to get worse? Are interest rates going to keep? And you can ask a hundred different people and you'll probably get a hundred different opinions. Yeah. But, um, you know, you've already seen, you know, some companies that are laying off or cutting back. It is going to impact our membership and the communities as a whole, some way, shape, or form. It's bound to happen. I've seen, worked here when the, the housing crisis was, in fact, back in 08 and 09 and 10. And that was, I don't want to see, I don't want to have to go through it again as a collector or my team. I don't want to see our members have to go through that again because it was hard. People can learn also. And we've, we've seen success stories too, that people, such as Cooper, going through a debt management program and you become better because of it and probably learn some good things yep. from it. Absolutely. You know, probably sometimes you say, you know, probably kick yourself. But at the end of the day, you know, we talk about if you make mistakes, mm -hmm. if you can learn from them, then that's a good thing. I think the biggest, like, honestly, the biggest thing I learned was ask for help, reach out. I ended up doing a consolidation load to end that program early, but it was after I talked to one of our lenders here and was, you know, they ran the numbers and we we're like, let's just look at it. I'm not going to force you to do that, but let's look and see if it'll help you. And it truly did. It saved me some more money in the long run. And it's only because I sat down and asked though, right? Can you um, tell us for the members, like the different ways that we would contact them from collections just so that they have an idea of like what could be a scam, what might not be? Um, I think that could be helpful. Sure. Today we do emails and by phone. Yeah. And it, it ranges again. We are contacting on all stages um, as early as about 11 to 15 days, I believe, is when a, a member would uh, pass due is when a member would receive their first email. Um, usually about 10 days after that is when we're starting to reach out by phone to, to see what's going on and, and uh, see when their next payment is or to try to help to 
to make a guideline with them to see if they can avoid any credit impact or or any delinquencies as much as possible. When we um, leave them a message, do we say anything like that kind of sets it apart from like, you know, so-and-so is calling and you have to pay us back. It's Royal Credit Union. Goodbye. Like what, what do we kind of say so they know? <laughs> Good question, Cooper. There are some <laughs> changes that came into play from a regulatory standpoint oh, okay. um, a few years, a couple years ago that we we used to have more of those type of outreach efforts, but the recommendations that came from that it was that you have a very generic okay. statement. So we don't, no names, no account numbers. We don't, might not even reference what type of loan it is, just... Can't even say thank you. So we've gotten comments where we're sounding blunt or rude or so like that. It's, but that's unfortunately some of the things that have come up from a regulatory standpoint yeah. of... You know, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has put a lot of information out there. Some of it applies to third-party collectors, but then the next information you read, you might as well do it as a first-party collector so you don't have to explain why you weren't doing it. We've had to change that. It's probably been about about two years now that we've done that, and it limits the number of contacts within the number of days. So there's a lot of different things that we have to abide by just to ensure that we're not potentially breaking any laws. That's good to know, though, if it is just very generic and kind of blunt, you know, if you do get that call that says, hi, it's James from Royal Credit Union. I'm calling about your car loan, XYZ number, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you owe us $500,000 that you have to pay (laughs) us back right now. That's probably not Royal. Probably a scam. It's probably a scam, right? Or, you know, even just saying, hey, it's Royal. Want to talk about your car loan? Probably a scam, right? So it's good to know that they can be like, okay, they didn't really say much. I'm going to call Royal now and just verify because that's what we do. Anthony pointed out about the emails to the same, same. Okay. it's a very generic statement and there's no account number reference, no amount, no due dates, no nothing. Um, but the only thing that would have personal information is the late notices that go out. Okay. That would have their name, their account number, how much is due. Okay. And that has a little more detailed information. Those go out yeah. via mail. And then if there are notices that were required to send out as part of the collection process, then they have to comply with state laws. So there is going to be more information in there than what we would ha- leave in a voicemail message and or in an email. Um, another thing is we, we're a large, what's considered a large servicer for real estate loans, mm-hmm. both loans that we sell in the secondary market that we service plus our portfolio loans. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and Housing and Urban Development require that we send out solicitation to real estate borrowers that if they're past due, that basically lays out the different things that we might be able to do to try and help them. So we have to, when they hit a different or varying stage of delinquency, those notices go out, we send those out, and we're required to send those out and continue to send those out um, as part of the CFPB and Housing and Urban Development requirements. That's a good segue to we did a really great episode with our mortgage servicing department. I know we talked about we do sell some loans. We still service some here. And that's something that sets us apart. So you can go back and listen to that one if you're like, oh, wait, they do that. James, I feel like I've asked a lot of questions. Yeah, I've just been waiting this entire time to ask you guys one of the most important questions of every episode of the Money Donuts podcast. I was hoping you'd ask this question. So typically... We like to ask, is there a donut that you guys associate with your team or with the topic of collections? I got to say, I've been rubbing my hands ever <laughs> since. Have you been I, waiting for this moment? I've been waiting for this question. <laughs> Usually we lead with it, but this topic was so serious. It felt it felt different. No, I'm uh, 
I mean, I just want to say the excitement that brings to me is because I, I used to work at Quick Trip for four years. So I, I worked in that bakery, getting up and being there at 4 a.m. You know, How many donuts. glazers did you eat in your time there? <sighs> you know, you don't have to answer that. I was more of a Persian that. or Bismarck guy. I don't think it. I, I don't think it ended when he left there either. I got to say though, when they came out with the glazer chips, I was one of the few that supported that idea. That was mm. a, that was a, a sweet, great, salty. It makes sense. It was to amazing. Me. Um, anyway, yeah, so I just had all these options just kind of running through my head about which donut I would choose. And I think ultimately I was also trying to listen to old podcasts of seeing, you know, I want to choose something that's a little bit more. He really did research. I did. I nice. love that. All my knowledge, a little homework. But, <laughs> but when it came down to it, I think the donut I would choose is actually just going to be a very generic, very original, classic cake donut. The reason I would do that is just because it's, again, you know, very classic collections when it comes from that standpoint but at the same time there's such a wide variety of cake donuts you know different flavors of cherry blueberry limited editions things that might be not seasonal um and there's so many things that can cause people to fall into the collections world of the delinquency delinquency world kind of like kevin stated earlier it can be family relationship loss of job loss of hours on the job changing anything like that moving even even things as little as proof of insurance. If, if people don't have that, that will fall into our world and we'll eventually reach out because we forced placed our own and now their payments are higher and it's not getting paid. So I think there's just so many things that fall into this world of collections and we, we just cover a vast array and, and basically do what we can to try to mitigate as much as possible and, and help people out. I love that so much and totally got me thinking where I'm like, okay, you kind of have that old fashioned, really classic cake donut, right? Mm -hmm. They glaze it, different flavors, whatever. And then you have the new cake donuts where they cover them in like fruity pebbles and all that, right? Okay, right? So they change a lot, but that is very much the collections world, right? It's changing. There might be something new we can do. You know, you can't assume that 10 years ago, you know, if someone couldn't help you, you can't assume that's still the case, right? So I don't know. I, like I it. loved it. That was, I'm not going to say the best donut analogy. Other people might be sad. But that was pretty dang good. <laughs> I spent too much time studying that or thinking about it. That we love that. For Mitch, who's on the phones, you know, they're often trying to convince members also utilize online banking, automatic payments. You know, whether you have your deposit accounts at Royal or at another financial institution, you can set those up. And if you do that, it's more likely that you're not going to have some of the problems that we talked about, unless obviously something comes up. But you know, a lot of the voicemail messages that they leave, we get people call back. Thanks, thanks for the reminder. It was an oversight. Yeah. They maybe they were out of town, or you know, especially during the summer, they're busy with the kids. They're off from school. They're doing stuff. They're going everywhere, and and they just forget. So we we get thank you for the reminder, and that's why sometimes that online banking, the auto pays, are good resources to set those up. So you don't if if you're out of town. Yep. Yeah, that's you, huge. Then it's real time alerts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are you know all little things that you can do to try and help yourself. You know, set it up on an alert in advance of what your payment due date is, and then if it isn't isn't paid, yep. um, and if it isn't paid beyond the due date, you know, if you can set those alerts up to try and help as a reminder, yep. because oftentimes the majority of the calls that they make, I would say probably probably seventy five to eighty percent of the outbound calls that they make, they're leaving voicemail messages. So it's, we don't have a lot of one-on-one -on -one contact with the members and majority people pay with those reminders. Yeah. So if you can utilize those resources to help you out, 
We strongly encourage it and recommend it. So I'm a very pen and paper person when it comes to budgeting, right? Like I have a yearly calendar. I write down every month, like what the bills are. Forgot to put one of my royal loan payments on there. Like just an oversight, didn't write it down. And I'm like, I crossed that out. So definitely didn't get paid that month, right? Until I was like, oh my gosh, got a letter, you know, and or I think I got an email. I don't know. But it was something where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot to pay that. It happens like, I'm not saying it's okay, but it happens to us too, you know? Right. And and I can't stress enough too, even um, just the recommendation of if you don't have deposit, even if you do have deposit accounts, but especially if you don't get Royal Online Banking or check that on site and get that, you know, uploaded because there are a lot of people that are just set it and forget it. They'll get the mail for auto paid. They'll send it in the mail and here, you know, you can't trust the mail every single time and we're, you know, reaching out two months later because we actually never got that or we didn't get it on time. And, and so we weren't able to set it up for that first payment. So, you know, if you're, any, if you're at all like me where you have a hints of paranoia that you're wondering if your, your payments getting made or so having that online banking app can really, really help and, and just monitor see your payments are coming through and, and you can just feel free to check that stress-free. I don't know if we, this is a good question to ask at the end, but um, and I don't know if we can, but do you have like, do you have a really good success story that you can tell us really generically, you know, like to kind of wrap it all in and kind of show the impact of reaching out? I don't know. Like, do you, just, do you have a good story or something that sticks out? I, I feel in the collections world, um, anytime you get a win is very gratuitous um in a world of negative in a world of more most people are defensive or, or stressed out anytime you can get a win um that is you know uh, it just brings joy and, and it really helps you know make the days go by easier and the job a lot easier for you i don't have a personal story i guess um per se but um you know it, it's a, it's ranged all from i would say the ones that touch home a little bit more are when you have you know maybe somebody who just lost their husband or wife and they're not exactly sure what to do now with one less income. And then you can just help guide them easily, whether what the best decision is, if they're able to keep that and continue to pay, or if they are able to maybe, uh, you're just able to make that, that process smoother if it's selling the vehicle or whatever the next step is going to be for them. Being there for them, I, sh- I would say, is just what makes it kind of worth the while. And sometimes a success, it may not even be a success story, but we have to sometimes deliver not so popular news that you don't have enough income to support your, and sometimes communicating that isn't easy. And we, you know, over the years I've had, we've had members that have, yeah, you were right. I couldn't afford that. I had to sell my house. Things changed from when they took out their loan to now. And that's tough. I mean, to hear, to hear somebody else say that, that, there's an affordability issue. And oftentimes it comes down to math from a standpoint is you got to increase your income or you got to decrease your expenses. Increasing your income is means you got to go into your employer and ask for more money. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Or you have to take on another job, which creates more expense. The expenses, you know, oftentimes we will have, you know, budget sheets that we look at. There's not a lot sometimes that can be shaved off of those, you know, between, insurance, house payment, you know, medical, you know, all of that stuff. And it's like, you 
can't cut. So sometimes even them acknowledging that, yeah, you were right, yeah. probably didn't acknowledge it at the time, but it was almost like a relief to say, okay, now I understand. It was an affordability issue. But we've also seen people bounce back from that that end up buying a different home mm -hmm. down the road because their life changed again. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's like it wasn't a win in the moment, but it was a win for the long-term you know, yeah. well-being of the member. I think that's... That's Both physically and emotionally. You know, you know, sometimes they affect each other. Um, and I we used to well, we sometimes talk about bad things happen to good people. And they're human. And yeah, we see it. All right. If people like Money Donuts and want to hear more of it, what should they do, Cooper? They should head over to their favorite podcast listening platform and subscribe or go to our YouTube channel that Steve worked so hard to put together and watch the entertaining videos. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been a Thank pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.